Never will I walk in line across the T's and dot the I's when they're in well. When they're in, how I got this high, fell asleep and forgot to die. Goddamn. I'm popping them downers and drinking them powders. Faded. Get it over the counter. I'm stuck on the browsers like, how did I make it? These bitches don't know me. This shit is so lonely until she get naked. Don't even know what today is, but I'll be good by the weekend. And this is the weekend, and this is Middle-Aged Mediocre. I'm Cash, and that is... I'll be good by the weekend. He'll be good by the weekend. That's Joel. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Middle-Aged Mediocre. Thanks for listening. As always, uh, and I guess we're just going right into this thing. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully this records well, because we were going to do a test. <laughs> was it the test? We're and, not going to listen to it? And I just feel like this is going to work. We'll test it here in a minute. Okay. But we are back with a new episode. I think we missed last... Did we? No, we were... Because we were going to go to the Reds game. You got sick. That we was did miss before. last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we did miss a week. Your tum-tum hurt. Yeah, it did. It hurt yeah. real bad. Uh, but it's better now. Good. So I uh, ate a bunch more. <laughs> felt like it just kind of like that way it told it like you do what you're supposed to yeah. do because I'm, I'm not stopping boss here yeah yeah you gotta so show I, your I showed who's in charge we just got back from a from a lovely little Saturday afternoon of thrift store shopping yeah or card I enjoy our Saturdays <laughs> I made friends yeah again 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 uh, I got some VHS and some vinyl we got a story for you guys today that I hope everyone will stick around yeah because when I first say what it's about uh, it's gonna sound like it's gonna be boring like school, but I promise you, it's not. Yeah. It is a it is a little piece of American history. It's kind of like summer school, where it's like it's kind of cool school, you know. This is middle aged mediocre we're summer laid school. Back. We're laid back, we're laid back. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna educate you, dumb yeah. bastards. So we're gonna talk about George Washington today, but we're mostly going to be talking. Well, we'll talk about his life a little bit, but we're really going to be talking about the horrific, awful death. He's of dead. George Washington. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! George Washington's dead. Fuck, man. And we're going to talk. Do I get time to grieve, or are we just going to jump right into this story now? I'll give you 45 minutes, and then we'll keep going. <laughs> okay. So go ahead and start now. Right. Oh, man. Where do I start? <laughs> Fuck, man. Wooden dentures, you know? Never Not telling a lie. There's like a cherry tree. Man, George Washington, yeah. Well, I'm going to let Joel grieve <laughs> off air, and then we'll be right back. y'all what y'all doing out there you want to hear some good old country music you're gonna listen to my uncle ronnie that's ronnie crawdad on rooster crow radio you can hear ronnie six packs coming at you live on rooster crow radio all right we are back uh like i said today well before we get into the story uh joel you got anything going on shout out mac miller weekend yep shout out yep that was uh that's, uh, that's, we that's were talking about we that were doing. one of the top our top two Mac Miller albums. I think we can both agree. Yeah, good. Idea. You put it number two or so, but I think it might have a top spot for me. I think swimming maybe above it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you're but wrong. they're like one, yeah. one, and, yeah, one, one A, one B, one really. A, one B. But you got anything else before we get yeah. into? It? You want to talk about uh, former presidents? Uh, say that you were stranded on a desert island. Okay, I'm what, on. A... What books are you gonna bring? Hmm, maybe. What friends would tag along? Uh, uh, Say you had a month and you knew that you were dying. Okay. How would you spend your time? I would probably... What goodbyes would take too long? The one that I had You don't to... like this game. No, I don't like this game. I don't know what this game is. And you take exception. Yeah, I take exception because you're Who kinda... wants all this trouble, even hypothetical? I, what are we doing? Pretend what is... that you were stranded on a desert island. We already did this. I was trying... What would be the message you'd spell out for the plane? 8,085. Say the engine failed when that plane was flying. 
Okay. If you were the pilot, would you curse or would you pray? Wait, so am I on the island or am I the pilot? So that was uh, like Connor Oberst, Desert Island Questionnaire. I just went, check out that song sometime. I, I was listening to it the other day, and I was like, I think Cash would like this song. But it's on Upside Down Mount- Mountain, Connor Oberst, Desert Island Questionnaire. Now, what, let's talk about George Washington. I thought you were engaging me in a series of, of interesting questions. You thought I was engaging you. What is wrong with you today? I don't know. I oh, had, my God. I had high hopes for you today. Oh, no. I, don't do that. All right, well, I guess you're not interested in what books I would bring. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, I'm so confused. Am I the pilot or the guy on the island? Either way, you know, you can put yourself wherever you want. You okay. want to? I'm gonna be in the would, middle. What would you do if you were the pilot? Would you curse or would you pray? I wouldn't be praying. No, <laughs> too late for that shit. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> I would probably find the nearest uh, alcohol depart- compartment. Yeah, start drinking. Just. Here's, just here's to you. you. <laughs> yeah, if I was a pilot, I'd, that's why we're crashing. He'd be like the fun drunk pilot. Although, that would be my luck to be on a desert island with my message and be like, oh, yes, there's a plane. And they, yeah. it's kind of, well, they're coming in hot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, then it would it also crash. crash. And now. Man, you somehow made it worse. Now I have desert island friends. Because <laughs> yeah. I'd try to keep them, like, you know, even if they died, I'd just prop them up and be yeah. like, how's Maybe it going? Like you're Wilson. Ted. Yeah, yeah, but they'd just be decaying. Oh, I'd take all their heads off and put them oh, on Okay, good. Yeah, and draw little faces <laughs> on them. I <laughs> think that'd be better. So you want to talk about George Washington? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what do you know about George Washington? Uh, like I said, he like never told a lie or something, and he had wooden dentures, and Martha was, you know, his his old lady. His and lady. He grew hemp, and he chopped down a cherry tree or wouldn't chop down it something with a cherry tree. So the the big myth is that he uh, chopped down a cherry tree he wasn't supposed to chop down and then told his father uh, that he did it because he would, he could not tell a lie. Oh, okay. So some quick little facts about George Washington. Uh, he didn't have a middle name. Uh, back in that day, the tradition, uh, there was it was the tradition to not give children middle names. Oh. Uh, so when he was born, uh, you'd mostly just recalled, uh, you're referred to by your given first name and the family's last name, or they're like their town or region. So like... You'd be like, you know, the the, the Parkersburg Gants. Oh, all right. Um, many people just, just put called... my name on blast, man. I didn't think we had our last names out there. Hope you beat that out. Yeah, I people won't. Gonna... <laughs> you do comedy. Oh yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, under yeah, your, you're right. You're right. Under your first and last name. <laughs> uh, many people just called him the general. Um, to this day, he's the highest ranked military official in the United States. Uh, he has the official rank of general of the armies. Whoa. Which outranks even four and five star generals. Uh, he had a lifelong fear of being buried alive, and he requested that his body be kept above ground for three days after his death, just in case. I feel like I think everyone has a. No one's like, oh man, I hope I get buried alive. Yeah, today. It's, I can't wait. That's like a weird thing. Like that doesn't uh, make you special, George. But we we will find out later that that whole um, being kept above ground for a few days, yeah. just in case, that was a thing. Oh, just in case they wake up or something. Yeah. Yeah. That was a belief. Three days grace? Is that where that comes from? Possibly. Fuck! It wasn't because Jesus was like dead for three days? I don't know, man. Don't ask me Bible stuff. Probably. After three days. What, did we just have Easter? Yeah, that was was the whole thing. It's not just about peanut butter eggs? Uh, It is now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Follow us for more Easter news. Just (laughs) for... 
<laughs> breaking Easter news. Uh, despite being known as a founding father of the United States, he never actually signed the Constitution. He's like, I didn't fuck him. He had to I'm leave early due to being sick. Oh, uh, he was sick shit. a lot. Yeah. George Washington had some health problems. Yeah, tum-tum. Yeah. tum-tum. He, uh, he loved animals. He kept a lot of pets, including horses, uh, hounds, and he had like a pet parrot. Oh. Um, horses and hounds. He was a very skilled dancer. He was known to enjoy dancing at parties and events. Uh, his teeth were not made of wood. Uh, instead, they were made of a combination of human teeth, animal teeth, and ivory. Oh. Um, he loved animals so much, he's like, give me them teeth. He was a big fan of ice cream. He, he had a special ice cream maker imported from France so he could eat it at home. And then the whole, that, that whole, uh, I cannot tell a lie thing, yeah. that's bullshit. <laughs> it was invented by his first uh, biographer. Ah. It was just something that dude put in there. Damn. Yeah. Took so, some liberties, huh? Yeah. Damn. So, you know, like I said, we're going to- I'm shook down to my foundation right now. We're going to talk about his life a little bit, but mostly we're here to talk about the horrific death. Good. So, uh, he was born February 22nd, 1732, uh, on his family's plantation- on Pope's Creek in Westmoreland County, Virginia, to Augustine and Mary Ball Washington. Mary got a middle name. Oh, yeah. Uh, or I'm assuming Ball was her, Maybe her maiden, maiden name. name. Yeah. The, the family was a wealthy Virginia plantation family that had made its fortune through land speculation and the cultivation of tobacco. His great-grandfather, John Washington, immigrated in 1656 from Northamptonshire, England, to the English colony, colony of Virginia, where he accumulated 5,000 acres of land. Uh, his father was a justice of the peace and a prominent public figure who had four additional children from his first marriage to Jane Butler. Uh, the family moved to Little Hunting Creek in 1735. In 1738, they moved to Ferry Farm near Fredericksburg, Virginia. When Augustine died in 1743, uh, Washington inherited Ferry Farm uh, and 10 slaves. Uh, his older half-brother, Lawrence, inherited Little Hunting Creek and renamed it Mount Vernon. Um, when Washington inherited those slaves and the farm, he was 11. Jesus! <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, when his father died, he was 11 years old. Uh, there wasn't a lot of money left to support, like, uh, him going to, like, an actual college. Yeah. Like, so, but he attended Little or Lower Church School in Hartfield. Uh, he wasn't great in school. Um, he was a decent, he was a decent student, but he mostly, uh, was self-taught. He read a lot. He talked to a lot of people and he just kind of like taught himself a lot. Um, in 1751, he made his only trip abroad when he accompanied his half-brother Lawrence to Barbados, hoping the climate would cure his brother's, uh, tuberculosis. Washington himself contracted smallpox during that trip, which, immunized him to it, but also left his face uh, slightly scarred. Mm. His brother died in 1752, and Washington leased Mount Vernon from uh, his brother's widow and then inherited it outright after her death in 61. On January 6th, 1759, at age 26, he married Martha, uh, Martha Dandridge Custis, the 27-year-old widow of wealthy plantation owner Daniel, Daniel Park Custis, uh, when they got married, uh, she already had a few children, so they raised um, John Park Custis and Martha Park Custis, which were from her previous marriage. Well, I don't uh, see daughters getting named after the moms very much. Not very often. Um, I don't. They called her Patsy, though. 
Um, and then they called John Jackie. Sure. Uh, why not fucking call them their names or name them that? And then later they Stupid would... Stupid people from 1700? <laughs> later they would raise Jackie's children, um, Eleanor, which they called Nellie, and George Washington, which they called Washi. Uh, Hi, my name's Joel, but you can call me Fred. Uh, you know, just, just Fred. They're pretty sure Joel's that, my name. They're pretty sure that... Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're, Fred, they're call Fred. They're pretty sure please. that uh, whenever he got smallpox, it rendered him sterile, uh, so they couldn't uh. have kids. But uh, there's also the chance that Martha may have... been all that hemp, too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> pew, 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 shooting blanks. Uh, so they moved to Mount Vernon. Um, he took up the life as a planter of tobacco and wheat and emerged as a political figure. Uh, the marriage gave him control over Martha's one-third interest in the 18,000-acre Custis estate. And he managed the remaining two-thirds for Martha's children. The estate also included 84 slaves. Uh, he became one of Virginia's wealthiest men, which increased his social standing. And between 1752 and 1758, he had a very successful colonial military career. Uh, his, Virginia's lieutenant governor, Robert Dinwiddie, appointed him as a major and commander of one of the four militia districts. Uh, the British and French were competing for control of the Ohio Valley. While the British were constructing forts along the Ohio River, the French were doing the same. Uh, in 1753, Dinwiddie sent George to demand French forces to demand French forces to vacate land that was being claimed by the British. Uh, Washington was also appointed to make peace with the Iroquois Confederacy and to gather further intelligence about the French forces. He met with uh, Half King. Uh, now these, these are going to be difficult. All right. uh, Half King. Uh, like he's a little short guy. I th- maybe <laughs> Half King Tanacherryson. Tana, Tana Sure. Tanner Harrison and other Iroquois chiefs. Uh, he gathered information about the numbers and locations of the French force, as well as the intelligence concerning individuals taken prisoner by the French. Washington was given the nickname Conotocurious, which meant town destroyer or devourer of villages. Oh, wow. So Good for him. He was, uh, he was a force. Yeah. Um, the nickname had previously been given to his great-grandfather, John Washington, in the late 17th century. fucking people up. Yeah. I cannot tell a lie. I'm going <laughs> to fuck you up. Washington's party reached the Ohio River in November of 1753. He, uh, they were intercepted by a French patrol. The party was escorted to Fort Le Boeuf, where <laughs> Washington was received in a friendly manner. He delivered the British demand to vacate the French... Uh, the British demand to vacate to the French commander, St. Pierre, but the French refused to leave. Uh, St. Pierre gave Washington his official answer in a sealed envelope after a few days' delay, as well as food and extra winter clothing for his party's journey back to Virginia, which is a very weird, like, that's very nice of them, <laughs> I think. If you're coming yeah. in there and you're like, you get the fuck out. Yeah. They're like, well, we're not, and here's some stuff for you. Like, be we careful. We could kill you, but. <laughs> but, you know, have a good, have a safe trip back. Um, we don't want anything to happen to you guys. No hard feelings. Washington completed that other mission. Other than your hard feelings for us. Yeah. I mean, we want is. you to go f- tell the British to fuck off. <laughs> Um, so Washington completed the uh, mission in 77 days during, uh, difficult winter conditions, uh, which got him uh, a little bit more respect from his peers, uh, in the military in February, 1754, Dinwiddie promoted Washington to Lieutenant Colonel and second in command of the 300 strong Virginia regiment with orders to confront French forces at the forks of the Ohio. Uh, Washington set out for the forks with half of the regiment in April and soon learned a French force of 1,000 had begun construction of Fort Duquesne there. Um, 
In May, he learned that the French had made camp seven miles away, and he decided to take the offensive. So the French detachment proved to be only about 50 men, not 1,000. No. So Washington Close. advanced on May 28th with a small force of Virginians and Indian allies to ambush them. Uh, what took place was became known as the Battle of uh, Jumonville, or the Juman, Jumonville Affair. Uh, French forces were killed outright with muskets and hatchets. Uh, French commander Joseph Coulon de Jumonville, who carried a diplomatic message for the British to evacuate, was killed. Uh, French forces found uh, the commander and some of his men dead and scalped and assumed Washington was responsible for that. Uh, Washington blamed his translator for not communicating the French's intentions, uh, and this incident ignited the French and Indian War. So, yeah, he was just like... uh, Good job, George. He's like, I told him not to scalp you guys. I don't know. So the full Virginia regiment joined Washington at Fort Necessity the following month with news that he had been promoted to command of the regiment and colonel upon the regimental commander's death. Uh, This regiment was reinforced by an independent company of 100 South Carolinians led by Captain James Mackay. South Carolina! Whose royal commission outranked that of Washington. Uh, So they started kind of butting heads on who was in charge. The Alpha. Right. Uh, On July 3rd, a French force attacked with 900 men. And the ensuing battle ended in Washington's surrender. In the aftermath, Colonel James N.S. took command of the forces. Uh, the Virginia regiment, regiment was divided, and Washington was offered a captaincy, which he refused uh, and resignated his uh, turned in his resignation, resignation of the commission. He's like, if I ain't going to be in charge, yeah. fuck it. You can't fire me. I quit. He did, though, uh, a couple years later. In 1755, he served voluntarily as an aide to General Edward Braddock. Uh, he had suffered from a severe case of dysentery, though, so he was left behind and rejoined uh, a little bit later. Um, so Washington, uh, during that battle when he rejoined them, um, uh, he had two horses shot off from underneath him, and his hat and coat were just like riddled with bullets. Huh. But he was he was totally fine. Wow. He actually kind of got off on being shot at. Uh, once in a letter to his brother, he stated, quote, I heard the bullets whistle, and believe me, there is something charming to the sound of bullets. Uh, like, he uh, he loved, kind of like, he loved battle. He was all for that shit. He about that life. Yeah. Damn. Uh, of course, he would go on to lead America to win a war against the most powerful army and navy in the world at the time. But he never really should have been able to lead America to victory. Um, so uh, he was he lost more battles than he won. Uh, in reality, most of the lost battles were due to his arrogance and overaggressiveness. He was short-tempered, would never back down for an op- from an opportunity to go into battle. Uh, he'd send his men into battle even when the odds were stacked against them. And he, for the most part, refused to retreat or back down, no matter how many lives were going to be uh- cost. Um, but he won the war. And in actuality, one of the defining moments of the American Revolutionary War was when a Prussian military officer named... F- this dude's got so many names. <laughs> Frederick Wilhelm, Wilhelm August Heinrich Ferdinand von Steuben. All right. He is a founding father of the United States and very likely an openly gay man. At the time, he was just like... He was just out there, man. Love he was flying. love. 
Uh, so one of our founding fathers, for all of you listening out there, who yeah. if you know somehow don't like your Bud Light, MAGA has stumbled onto our podcast and <laughs> thought like I like these guys. Just so you know, one of our founding fathers, yeah, was most likely an openly homosexual man. Good for him. Uh, how awesome is that? <laughs> uh, so when he arrived, he uh, reported for duty as a volunteer, and once there, he pretty much fixed the disorganized and somewhat aimless military that we had at the time. He was appointed temporary inspector general by Washington and established <laughs> standards of sanitation and like the layout of the camp so it would be much more yeah. uh, like a, a much better place. Uh, there had previously been no set arrangements of tents and hunts. Men relieved themselves wherever they wished. Uh, if an animal died, it was stripped of its meat, and then the left, the rest was just left where it was to yeah. like rot. So they men just are had, the like, worst. What is it? Men are the worst. Well, yeah, they, like, <laughs> they need this, someone to like show. So on May fifth, seventeen seventy eight, on George Washington's recommendation, uh, Congress appointed von Steuben Inspector General of the Army with the rank and pay of Major General. Uh, the internal administration had been neglected, and no books had been kept as to the supplies, the clothing, or men that were available. So von Steuben became aware of the, quote, administrative incompetence, graft, and war profiteering that existed. He enforced the keeping of exact records and strict inspections. His inspections ended up save, saving the Army an estimated loss of five to 8,000 muskets. Uh, von Steuben picked 120 men from various regiments to form an honor guard for General Washington and used them to demonstrate military training to the rest of the troops. Uh, these men, in turn, trained other personnel at different places. Uh, von Steuben's eccentric personality greatly enhanced his mystique. Uh, in full military dress uniform, he twice a day trained the soldiers, who at this point were themselves greatly lacking in proper clothing. He introduced a system of progressive training, beginning with the school of the soldier, with and without arms, and going through the school of the regiment. Uh, this corrected the previous policy of simply assigning personnel to regiments. Each company commander was made responsible for the training of new men. In the earliest part of the war, the Americans used the bayonet mostly as a cooking skewer. Yeah. Or just like they dig, they'd use it to dig, yeah. rather than as a fighting instrument. So von Steuben is the one that was like, hey, that's a knife. Stick it in people. You have a gives you a reach. <laughs> you advantage. can kill somebody with it. So uh, in the Battle of Stony Point, uh, Continental Army soldiers attacked with unloaded muskets and won the battle solely on Steuben's bayonet training. One soldier's first impression of the Baron was quote of the ancient fabled god of war. He seemed to me a perfect personification of Mars. The trappings of his horse, the enormous holsters of his pistols, his large size and his strikingly martial aspect all seemed to favor the idea. He turned the volunteers into a great army. So, yeah, uh, Washington was definitely a hell of a leader, but that dude kind of came in and yeah. whipped everybody into shape and got shit organized. But so he was under Washington, so some of that credit goes to went to him, I guess. Yeah, so, of course, uh, Washington would end up... Uh, you know, going on to become the president of the United the States. The first president. The first, uh, the first official president. Yeah, there was like some before, right? Yeah, uh, before the yeah. So we're going to take an ad break, uh, and then we're going to get into the the death, the death. of George Washington. And I, don't think, I, I don't think a lot of people know that this is kind of how George Washington went. Yeah. So it's uh, it's out there. It's a million crazy. paper cuts, right? <laughs> he, would have been a lot better. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Can't wait. So we will be. Uh, we'll be right back. 
Okay, so, uh, yeah, we won the war. Uh, cool. And, you know, everyone lived happily ever after. Nothing's bad has happened since. No. It's all been... We got that one more out of the way, and they're like, we it's won't do that again. pretty sweet since yep. then. Uh, everyone lived happily ever after except George Washington. Oh, no. On December 12th, 1799, President George Washington, former president this time, still pretty uh, physically good to go at age 68, uh, he rode his horse in heavy snowfall to inspect his plantation at Mount Vernon. Although the temperature was 30 degrees Fahrenheit, he remained outdoors from 10 in the morning until 3 in the afternoon. An entry in his personal diary for December 12th, 1791 stated, quote, Morning's cloudy, wind at northeast and mercury at 33. A large circle around the moon last night. About 10 it began to snow, soon after hail, and then settled to rain. Mercury at 28 at night. It was just, his journal was just, Here's the weather. Yeah. But it was, you know, he's outside snowing. It's snowing. It's hailing. It's raining. And this dude's just chilling outside. So uh, he's out in that all day. The next day, he's complaining about a sore throat. Uh, but again, he goes out and he rides on his estate. Um, there's, It's really snowing. It's really coming down. I feel like 68 is pretty old, too, for 1790s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, That's probably crazy. shouldn't be out. Yeah. Like, just like horseback uh, daring death to do something. Um, he was going out and he was marking trees on his estate that he wished to be cut down. So upon returning, he, um, you know, he kind of joked about his, his voice being hoarse and him having a sore throat. Uh, then he, his horse was like, my voice is George. And they laughed. His horse is like, I was also shot off from underneath him. Uh, he, uh, then he spent the evening, uh, reading newspapers with his wife and his personal secretary, Colonel Lear. Uh, he appeared cheerful and like just, was just reading several newspaper passages out loud. Uh, when Colonel Lear suggested that he take his medication, Washington said, quote, You know I never take anything for a cold. Let it go as it came. Let it go! Uh, he doesn't give a shit about your medicine. Nope. In the early morning of December or Saturday, December 14th, 1799, uh, between 2 and 3, uh, he suddenly awoke in distress and informed his wife that he felt unwell. He could hardly speak and uh, was breathing with great difficulty. Uh, but he wouldn't let Martha uh, go to the other building to wake the maid up, uh, fearing that the cold night air might be harmful to his wife. He suffered in bed until sunrise. Uh, when the maid, Caroline, Caroline showed up, uh, she lit the fireplace and found him having a ton of respiratory issues. So she was sent to fetch Colonel Lear, who, uh, when he came back, he saw the president was uh, struggling to breathe. He sent for Mr. Albin Rollins, the estate overseer, who prepared a medicinal mixture of molasses, vinegar, oh. and butter. Molasses, eh? We know how good molasses is. Black for, molasses, for right? Cure. Black strap yeah. molasses. Black strap molasses can be a trick. We know how, how effective it is. Oh, yeah. So when he try when Washington tries to swallow this uh, concoction, he goes into an episode of convulsive suffocation, which I don't think is good. No. Uh, he he then himself decided uh, that bloodletting would be a better course, and ordered Mr. Rollins to remove a half a pint of his blood. <laughs> I have to like blood. Just get rid of my blood. Yeah. I'll be good to go. Uh, he was a strong believer in bloodletting. <laughs> what? Having used it successfully to cure various illnesses that were affecting his slaves. 
Huh. So, you know, you just... Oh, wow. <laughs> you just get rid of some of the blood. Yeah, you got tonsillitis. Oh, that be good. Get some blood out of it. You know, because yeah. the, the sickness... Is in the blood. Is just in, so if you just get rid of some of that blood. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, when Mr. Rollins... Keep that mind. When Mr. Rollins showed agitation while performing the procedure, Washington provided gentle encouragement. Quote, don't be afraid. The orifice is not large enough. More, more. He's like, just get... Cut yeah. me open. <laughs> Get that what bad you, blood out. Quit fucking around and cut me. Colonel Lear noted that Miss Washington was against bloodletting and begged that not too much blood be removed. <laughs> when the procedure was completed, a piece of flannel dipped in salvatola, which I could not really find what that is. It was apparently used back then, though. Uh, but they dipped some flannel in it, um, and then it was wrapped around Washington's mm-hmm. neck. And then his feet were bathed in warm water. Uh, messengers were dispatched by horseback to the home of Dr. James Craig, uh, which is Washington's personal phys- uh, friend and personal physician, as well as to the residence of Dr. Gustavus Richard Brown at Port Tobacco, Maryland, and of Dr. Alicia Colin Dick, a <laughs> prominent physician residing in Alexandria, Virginia. We're 12. Finding the condition of the president alarming, uh, Dr. James Craig placed a blister of cantharides, which is a preparation of dried beetles on the president's throat and performed two more uh, venisections, which he he drew more blood. (laughs) This man saw us too much blood. So there was two more of those. Those were 20 ounces of blood each. Uh, To treat the severe throat and uh, like the respiratory issues, a solution of vinegar and hot water was prepare- prepared. However, attempts to gargle with the solution led again to near suffocation, <laughs> followed by a severe coughing spell. Uh, they kept removing blood. Uh, <laughs> they removed 40 more ounces of blood. Uh, they uh, they applied more uh, dried beetles to his throat. <laughs> Uh, this was followed by spontaneous bowel evacuations from Washington. He's just shitting himself. <laughs> oh, God. So, Blood and shit everywhere. Beetles. Dried beetles. Uh, molasses. But can you guys just help less? <laughs> I feel like this isn't really... <laughs> they're draining his blood. He's shitting. So Dr. Dick arrived at 3 p.m., <laughs> And uh, he takes 32 more ounces of blood <laughs> from, the pre- from, the, from the general's forearm. Uh, Dr. Brown arrives shortly thereafter. Uh, he takes Washington's pulse. Uh, the three physicians decided to administer calomel and tartar rectally. Jesus. Uh, so now they're just shoving things up his ass. Well, while he's not shitting himself, like, quick, before the diarrhea comes back, shove it up there. <laughs> Take more blood. <laughs> Get more blood. Take it from my ass. What do I do first? At 4.30 p.m., uh, realizing the futility of the various therapeutic measures, President Washington called Colonel Leardo's bedside and gave his dying instruction, quote, I find I am going. My <laughs> Thanks br- a lot, dicks. <laughs> For nothing. You've taken so much blood. Uh, <laughs> I find I am going. My breath cannot last long. I believed from the first that this order would prove fatal. Do you arrange and record all my military letters and papers? Arrange my accounts and settle my books, as you know more about them than anyone else. Let Mr. Rollins finish recording my other letters, which he has begun. Uh, When Dr. Craig came back into the room, Washington said, Again, Doctor, I die hard, but I am not afraid to go. 
I believed from my first attack that I should not survive it. My breath cannot last long. Finally, as he felt the approach of death, he again spoke to the three attending physicians. <laughs> okay, are you going to keep talking or what? What's happening? I feel myself goring. I thank you for your attentions, but I pray you take no more troubles about me. Let me go off quietly. I cannot last long. It feels like it'd be one of those situations where if you're one of the doctors and he's like, hey, my time has come. The end is nigh. I accept it, though. I fear not death. And you're like, oh, yes, yes. I'm sorry, Mr. President. We did everything we could. Oh, poor Mr. President. Somebody t- I am not afraid of death. This is my time. Oh, he's still okay. He's still going. He's still good. Uh, do we do it? So the three physicians remained with General Sir, Washington. Sir, we got to take more blood. You got to quit talking. <laughs> If you could talk, you got you got too much blood. Uh, they remained with him at eight o'clock. They they applied uh, blisters and cataplasms of wheat bran to his legs. Oh. <laughs> They're just trying anything. Uh, Doctor Dick proposed. <laughs> Doctor Dick. He proposed that the president's worsening respiratory condition made it imperative that his trachea be perforated. Jesus, we gotta cut this guy's throat open. Gotta cut his throat open now. (laughs) He's already said, I'm good to go. Yeah. I'm gonna die. They're like, well, yes, hold on. Well, we can still make it worse. We can cut you open, though. Because you are talking a lot, so I think we cut that trachea. Uh, So this newly described procedure, attempted as a last therapeutic resort, had been reported to save the lives of patients that were in, like, very dire situations. Uh, both doctors, Crake and Brown, decided against permitting Dr. Dick to perform this procedure, though. Uh, even though he said, you know, hey, I'll take all responsibility. Yeah. But they... My bad. They were like... <laughs> so Dr. Dick subsequently noted in a personal correspondence, quote, I propose to perforate the trachea as a means of prolonging life and of affording time for the removal of the obstruction to respiration in the larynx, which manifestly threatens speedy res- resolution. I don't know what he thinks is in there, but, like, you're not going to, like, just cut open the trachea and just be like, hey, we're just going to scoop out yeah. this, you know. He's dying. He can't breathe, so you just buy all that vinegar and hot water. You <laughs> yeah, gargle. Probably because you're shoving dried beetles in. Yeah. Uh, so, see, sensing the ine- inevitability of death, Washington, again, gives instructions <laughs> to Carol Lear. I am just going... Have you or have me decently buried and do not let my body be put into the vault less than three days after I am dead. Do you understand me? Tis well. According toward the account of Colonel Lear, uh, the general's breathing became less labored by about 10 o'clock at night and he was able to lie quietly. At exactly 10.10 p.m., he lifted his hands to check his own pulse and then he died. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like I'm at his ear. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Miss, uh, so Martha Washington was sitting at the foot of the bed when the president, when the first president of the United States died, when informed of her husband's d- demise, she said, quote, is he gone? Tis well. All is now over. I shall soon follow him. I have no more trials to pass. <laughs> the total quantity of blood. Oh my God. Amounted to about 126 ounces how much blood do we have? Or almost four liters. So, uh, yeah, let me see. Almost to four. So, two, two liters of soda. Yeah, that's a lot of blood. It How seems much like. blood? I know there's people out there like know the answer to this because I think it's. How much blood is in the human is it body? 69 liters? Oh, uh, 1.2 to 1.5 gallons. So, gallons to ounces. Bring that up. How many did I say? 1.2? Yeah, probably. So that's 153 ounces, 
they took 126. Wow. So almost all of yeah. the blood. <laughs> they drew. They took that over a period of nine to ten hours. Jesus. So six weeks after the death of Washington, uh, Dr. James Brickle, Brickle wrote an article expressing vehement disagreement with the therapeutic uh, processes. Uh, the article was not made public until 1903, though. He, uh, he estimated... years later. Over 100 years later. He says, quote, I think it my duty to point out what appears to me a most fatal error in their plan. Old people cannot bear bleeding as well as the young. <laughs> that they drew him from a man in his... One liter, sure. Two liters? Too much, I say. Two liters is too much. <laughs> it's too much. As they drew from a man in his 69th year of his age. 69? Uh, nice. nice. Good time to go. Uh, the enormous quantity of over 82 ounces or above two quarts and a half in about 13 hours. Very few of the most robust young men in the world could survive such a loss of blood. But the body of an aged person must be so exhausted and all his power so weakened by it as to make his death speedy and inevitable. He did talk a lot, though, for it being... Yeah. So many people at the time knew of cases in which a seemingly dead person came back to life. And at least one friend wanted to help the process of resuscitation along after George Washington's death. Uh, William Thornton was a physician trained in the best medical schools in Europe. 20 years after Washington's death, Thornton wrote that when the former president was suffering through his final illness, a family member invited Thornton to Mount Vernon to see if he could help. Thornton left for the estate. Uh, he was going to also try to relieve him by tracheotomy. <laughs> Just... Uh, he was shocked to discover that Washington had died before his arrival and was now laid out a stiffened corpse. Uh, quote, my feelings at that moment I cannot express. I was overwhelmed with the loss of the best friend I had on Earth. But Thornton had a backup plan. The weather was very cold, and Washington remained in a frozen state for several days. Quote, I propose to attempt his restoration in the following manner. First to thaw him in cold water, then to lay him in blankets, and by degrees and by friction to give him warmth. And to put oh, into, you got friction all up on him. Okay, I get frictiony with them. Uh, and to put into activity the minute blood, the minute blood vessels at the same time to open a passage to the lungs by the trachea. Definitely going to cut his throat open. <laughs> Whatever we're doing. I don't know if I said that when I started, but we're definitely getting in that throat. And to inflate the lungs with air to produce an artificial respiration, and to transfuse blood into him from a lamb. Let's put some lamb blood in. <laughs> Why not just leave the blood that he had in him? No, no, no. Got to get that out. Got to put this lamb blood. Get lamb blood. That's much better. Uh, Quote, if these means had been resorted to and had failed, all that could be done would have been done. But I was not seconded in this proposal, for it was deemed unavailing. I reasoned thus, he died by the loss of blood in the want of air. Restore these with the heat that has subsequently been deducted, and as the organization was in every respect perfect. So what he... And then he also wanted to... uh, he didn't want to bury Washington either. Yeah. And he thought, hey, if we can just keep him warm for three days, He'll come back. he's coming back. Yeah. Jesus did it. Uh, Martha was just like, let's just, <laughs> let's just bury the goddamn yeah. guy. Like, he doesn't have any blood left in his body. So, he's going to come back and start talking again. Let's just get him in the ground. Uh, and finally, you know, before we quit talking about Washington, oh, I've mentioned a few times that he owned slaves. Uh, he owned and rented slaves during his lifetime. Uh, a total of he rent, owned and rented a total of 577 slaves. Jeez. He acqu- acquired them through inheritance, 
uh, he gained 84 when he married Martha. He purchased at least 71 between 1752 and 1773, and he began renting them in 1786. Uh, at his death, he was renting 41 slaves. You could just rent them. Uh, like, you could go into, like, Blockbuster. Yeah, that's what I think of Blockbuster. In his will, he arranged to free those slaves, but not until his wife died. Oh. Um, and as a, re- was required by law, his estate paid for the care of the former uh, slaves on Mount Vernon for decades after his death. Um, and he was the only slave-owning president who freed all of his slaves. So, I mean, good for you, I guess? Like... <laughs> Maybe just don't own them. Yeah, maybe let them go immediately, not until Martha. Not and like they, wait. they certain things I was reading about Washington, they try to be like. So apparently he was kind of an asshole though to slaves. He would like not really get them like the best clothing. Like yeah, he whipped them a lot and shit like that. But like they try to like make it sound like he started to kind of come around, like he kind of started to come around on the idea of abolitionism and getting rid of slavery. But like the the starting thing that made him start to question it was no moral thing he decided to stop growing tobacco and start growing harvesting something else i forget what it was now and when he did it required a lot less people yeah so he just had like an abundance of slaves and he was like in his head or and he i think wrote down like that owning this amount of people is not like economically yeah, for what his needs were. Makes then. sense. So, yeah, like, it wasn't like he was like, maybe it's wrong to these own men. These guys freedom. He was just like, you know what? I have too many. Yeah, I'm not going to pay him. So, Anything. yeah, just imagining that a former president, I'm not saying I want this to happen to him, <laughs> but just imagining a former president laying there, shitting himself, his blood being taken from his body. Beetles being shoved down his throat and up his ass, probably. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I feel like you could be like, you know, they took that, you know, a hundred and whatever gallons of blood. Oh, I have much more blood than that. My blood's huge. I could, I could beat that. Many people say I have perfect blood. It's perfect. It's <laughs> I'll perfect show you. Blood. The doctors will come. They said that they got seven million gallons of blood out of me. All the doctors and I'm came. Fine. They I'm were good. They were crying. The doctors were crying. <laughs> they were saying I have the best blood. They said George who? I forgot George what. Many people say I was a better president than George Washington. <laughs> I had more blood in my big body. <laughs> so, yeah, that is the death of George Washington. Man. Uh, I found it very interesting, though, that one of the founding fathers uh, that really kind of, uh, like, we learned about George Washington in school. We learned, you know, we, but look, I never learned about... Uh, Bloodletting. Well, old Von Steuben. Yeah. The openly gay dude that basically helped, you know, get the military whipped into shape. Um <laughs> and I never learned that Washington spent his final hours just having all of them <laughs> and, God, and just shitting himself. <laughs> shitting and stuff, getting shoved up his shitter. Uh, yeah, so... Cool, fuck George Washington. Good story. Yeah. Fun little story about one of our past presidents. I'm learning. This will be on the test, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The midterm Test is going to be covered in blood. <laughs> shit. <laughs> shit. You got to decide. That's the test. Is it blood or is it yeah, shit? That's the... This looks like both to me. I don't know. Or dried beetles. Yeah. Or dried beetles. Now, there will be an option D, which is all of the above. So, okay, good. Uh, but yeah, you got uh, you got anything before we get out of here? I got nothing. You got nothing? Yeah. All right. Good day. Good I mean, day. Have I fun. said good, good day. No, I mean, it's been a good day. Oh, it's been a good it's day. It's been a good day. Now, good day. Now, I say good day. As I. As I... Go to leave today, Josh. I oh, want yeah. you to He's just remember the times that we had together. 
And don't think about the times when we weren't together, but yes, think of, of the not. times we were together today after I leave. Of course. When this is done and yes. I get up and I go. Uh-huh. Just remember oh, those times. Okay. He's definitely, he's dying. I think. <laughs> he's, he has accepted his death. I think he's dead. Please I take all, oh, he's please still. Please take all of my blood. He's still, he's still here. I don't want any blood left in my breath. All right, got it, got it. Take all the blood. All right, I think this time he actually did die. <laughs> Fill oh, me with no, lamb no. blood. He is back. He's still. Fill me with, with lamb blood. Find various animals, <laughs> take the blood, give it to me. Let me chop on their teeth. I will gain their powers and their abilities. I'll become more animal than man. I want no man to lay with Martha for the rest of her natural life. I, I want mean, her blood, my blood, to sleep beside her in bed. Take Martha's blood, too. I want to take it. <laughs> take it. Take all the blood. I'm good. All right, he's dead. All right, <laughs> I'm done. Let's get out of here. I'm done. Right, I'm dead.